people, what's up? Thank you for checking us out, Real Not Rude. Don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Real Not Rude and on Instagram under Keep It Real Not Rude. Also, we are on all the platforms. Our podcast is on Amazon as well as Audibles. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, and of course, Spotify Podcasts. Please, you guys, follow us on social media, like, share, engage, you know, follow us, please, so that our audience can grow and pass the word. In addition, we also still do our shows where we have the discussions on relationships, friendships, situationships, whatever. And if you would like to be a part of that, definitely shoot us an email. All you need to join is your email address and your name and only your first name or even a nickname. Drop us a discussion that you would like to go over and we will definitely get back to you and let you know if it's something we can include. That's at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be safe and check us out. Hey, you guys, what's up? I am back, real not rude, back with another one, friends go wrong. So there are four offenders and there are two victims. I'm only going to say the last name of three of the offenders, full last name once, because it's a tongue twister for me. And then I will reference them by their last name initial. David Matusowitz, his father, Thomas M., his mother, Lenore M., and his sister, Amy Gonzalez. Those are the offenders. The victims, Christine Belfort and her friend, Laura Milford. Now, this is another case of online abuse, cyber stalking, and just social media abuse. You know, what is one of the most common ways of abusing people now? And David was Christine's ex-husband. So this abuse went on for years. She was harassed, cyber-stalked, and everything was aimed at her by her ex-husband along with his family members. And this is something that he involved them in. Now, she had been subjected to continuous email communications, letters, internet postings, and these accused her of abusing, neglecting, and even sexually assaulting her daughters. So this twisted and vicious campaign of hate was only intended so that she could lose custody of her children. David wanted to get custody of his children, so he initiated these lies and rumors. In addition, he and his mother actually kidnapped his children and took them across the country to Central America in 2007. Now, they both pleaded guilty on federal charges of kidnapping, and they spent time in a Delaware prison over that incident. So during this time when David was imprisoned, this is when it's believed that he enlisted his mother, his father, and sister, and there were others too, but they're not mentioned to do this campaign of harassment and defamation of character against Christine. So it seems that this is the point 
when this murder started to take place in David's mind. According to David, he wrote a letter to his sister and he said, I'm done playing Mr. Nice Guy, as if he was playing Mr. Nice Guy in the first place, kidnapping his kids and writing disgusting things about his wife and publicizing it all over the place. But when he wrote that letter, thereafter, it seems that the chain of events started to occur. Now, 12 days earlier than that letter is when he started his stint in federal prison for the kidnapping of his children and taking them out of the country. The letter cited in the federal court documents was one of the clues of what was to come. So in the letter, he directed his sister, Amy Gonzalez, to begin this online campaign against his ex-wife, Christine. He told her to begin making complaints anonymously about her on websites and to make sure that everything was well publicized. So this narrative was supposed to spread this vicious campaign that Christine was sexually abusing their eldest child. And so this allegation that was being spread, this rumor, the courts and their eldest daughter both disputed and said were untrue and unfounded. So his sister, regardless, obliged the request and spread these ugly rumors anyway. And his mother and father, Lenore and Thomas, did so as well. They were relentless, it said, in their campaign, online and offline. And this is shown in court records. They had a website dedicated to bolstering the allegations of abuse. They set up a website just to instigate this rumor. Even polygraph tests that they put together themselves to show that to corroborate their concerns were mailed to 20 people to make it look as though this was true. YouTube videos were uploaded. Fake social media accounts were set up. Just they made and created, see that just goes to show you how many lies and things can be made up on social media, how people present things a certain way that's not true. They made up all these lies and rumors about Christine fake accounts, fake stories, fake polygraph polygraph tests, fake videos, to make family and friends think that this woman would do something like this to her children, even though the courts and her own children said that this was not true. So they even did things like had other family and friends conduct surveillance on Christine's home. There were letters detailing these false allegations sent to Christine's children's schools and even sent to her church. Now, this divorce between Christine and David had taken place years earlier. Now, when David kidnapped their children, he had taken them to a small village in Nicaragua for almost two years. And he was able to duck and be out of 
any setting of authorities. They were not able to find him. So while he was in prison for doing that, after he was caught, Christine, because of him doing something that extreme, was able to get his parental rights terminated. Now, a few months after she wrote, after she got his prison, his parental rights terminated, she wrote to the family court attorney about all the harassment, which was already underway. And what she said was, David has nothing to lose at this point. He has lost everything. He may allow me to survive to suffer. I may suffer long enough to watch the girls be harmed. I may even go missing. All of this could be possibilities. That's scary. So this means that she believed that he would even hurt his own children. Now, it sounds like to me, in my opinion, he was fighting for his kids, not because he loved them. Because first of all, if you loved your kids, you wouldn't try to hurt their mom. And you also wouldn't make false allegations that would hurt your children. Your own child is disputing the rumor that you're spreading about their mom. So that's hurtful to your child that you'd say something that nasty and you're involving the courts and the courts have to interview your kids. So your whole motive, obviously, is just to hurt Christine. It has nothing to do with you really want your children. You just don't want Christine to have them. You just want Christine to be miserable and unhappy. And if you didn't want to hurt your children and you really wanted them, you wouldn't take them from their mom, kidnap them and take them to, out of the country and hide them, harassing their mother and putting negative derogatory things online about their mom, including videos and also and turning everybody against them, defaming her character at the school and at the church in her neighborhood. I mean, this is pretty disgusting, but this letter that she wrote, shows that she knew that this man was pretty gross and dangerous. And sadly, she thought that he would even hurt her children. And she's begging the courts. You know, now she already was able to get his parental rights terminated, but she's telling them about this harassment and she's telling them, I'm in danger. And he might just let me survive long enough to just make me suffer a little bit longer. I don't know what else he will do, but let's go on. So things took a marked shift in late 2012. David was let out of a halfway house. He went to live with his parents in Texas. And at that point, he began petitioning the court to let him travel to New Jersey to visit his family. Now he was denied a few times, but on his third attempt, the court let him. Now, he had a court date to go for a hearing, and he told this court date was for the hearing for Christine, and it was for a child support hearing, and so he told the court he would be traveling alone, but he wasn't alone. He traveled along with his mother and father but he traveled in separate cars. His mother and father traveled in one car and he traveled alone in his own car. Now, 
according to his mother and father and the rest of the family, I guess his sister, it doesn't say specifically, but I know they mean more than likely the mother and father and the sister. They insist that they had no idea what his plans were. Now, I guess they can't mean everyone I just mentioned because as I go further into what happens next, we know that one person definitely knew what the plans were. So even though they insist they had no idea what his plans were, we know that actually two people had an idea for sure. And if those two people had an idea because of two specific things, and I'll go back to them when we get to that part, then we know the third person definitely had an idea as well. So the police concluded that the group traveled to this Wilmington courthouse in full knowledge of what would happen. And it's 100% positively sure I am as well that they knew. Now, David drove to this courthouse with the trunk of his car packed with firearms and ammunition. Before leaving, his father left a note to his daughter inside his home, Thomas, his father, and left the note saying, detailing to his daughter what she should do with his property and giving her funeral instructions. And in the note, it says, hopefully, we, end, we can end this BS now, up to date, all capital letters. That's why I said, absolutely, he knew what was going on. Why would you be leaving funeral instructions and saying we could end this today? Okay, and what to do with the property. Now, even more so, when we get further, that note makes even more sense. So... A few days later, I'm assuming it took a few days for them to travel to the courthouse, February 11, 2013. And actually, um, I don't remember the day it said they left. I was trying to, to look and see if they said the exact day, but that doesn't matter. A few days later, February 11, 2013, Christine was at the courthouse to attend the child support hearing at the Newcastle County Courthouse in Wilmington, Delaware. A few seconds after she walked into the lobby of the courthouse, Thomas, David's father, opened fire on her with a 45 caliber pistol, killing her instantly. He also killed her friend, Laura, as she tried to flee the scene. He got into a brief shootout with the police, wounding two of them. He was hit once in the chest before he shot himself in the head, ending his life. So we know, going back to the letter, this is why he left his daughter the information about his property. He knew he was going there to kill his daughter-in-law, and he also knew that if I kill her, I'm not going to survive this because I plan on not spending my life in prison, so I'll die by suicide, either way, myself or by the police. Here's what to do with my stuff, and here's what I want done for my, my funeral. And that's why we know he knew. And if his wife went with him, come on, we know, his, we know he told his wife, especially if he left a note for his daughter, right? 
because he's not going to leave everything for his wife, you know, I mean, for his daughter only, and his wife is still living, you know, I mean, maybe so, I don't know, but we know, come on. So the following day, Amy, the daughter that Thomas left the letter for, wrote an $80 check to the former, to the family court of the state of Delaware asking for custody of the children and now that their mother was deceased. Four days later, it arrived at the courthouse. That's what the records show. By that time, the whole family was already being investigated. So we know she knew. How disgusting. Now that their mama is dead, give me custody, here's the check. <laughs> Man. So, February 2016, David and Amy were convicted of conspiracy, interstate stalking resulting in death, cyber stalking resulting in death. This was the first case in America where defendants were convicted of such a crime. They were sentenced to spend the rest of their lives behind bars. Christine's oldest daughter testified against her daddy, her auntie, her deceased granddaddy, her grandma in the trial. And she insisted that she had never been abused in any way by her mother. Man. Um, hate is disgusting. Hate is disgusting. That's all I can say. You know, there's some stuff, there's some stories that I won't do. Like I've ran across some stories and I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this. This is just too gross. It like almost feels like promoting something that is just somebody wants you to. And I'm not trying to promote anything. Like, of course, this stuff is already out there. But um, I saw a story recently where a girl was hurting another girl and she kept stopping while she was hurting her to turn the camera to be sure that she got everything on Instagram live. She wanted to be sure that you didn't miss any part of her beating her. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. That was her whole goal. And um, this one, I saw this actually. I actually saw this story way before I even just looked this up to, to do it on my friends go wrong. But I saw this story on, I think, Web of Lies. Or, yeah, I think it was Web of, Web of Lies. And it's really sad because when you go back into the history of it, at one point, you know, Christine thought that she was friends with the sister and, you know, obviously you have children together and you go back from the beginning of when you think that you're friends with certain people and this is beautiful and such and such. And, and then this is where you end up. And in so many stories like that, this is where you end up. And 
if you really interviewed people who know both sides, but especially the ugly side and the ugly side of this family, it's probably a lot of people who aren't surprised. Like, I really believe that there's very few times where a person is shocked. There's sometimes where you are. There's sometimes where you are shocked because there are some things where somebody just does something that you would never expect. But then there are some things where people are just nasty and ugly and you've seen things in their past and you're just not shocked. And this family shows it, right? I mean, the mama helps kidnap the kids and takes them out of the country. Mama don't have enough sense to tell the daddy, don't do this. This is going to hurt my grandbabies. They need to be with their mom. So she's crazy, you know, um, driving to, I mean, just, you know, come on. So anyway, it's another story of stupidity, you know, it's beyond when friends go wrong, just ugly, nasty, disgusting stupidity. Thanks for listening, you guys. Don't forget Facebook and Twitter, Real Not Rude, Instagram, Keep It Real Not Rude, or email us at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Be safe.